I'm Diane Hullett, and welcome to the Best Life, Best Death podcast. Today, I've got a really interesting guest, Marcy Lindbergh, and Marcy works with Stardust Memorials, and she's going to tell us all about that. So welcome, Marcy. Thanks for having me. I reached out to Marcy because another guest, actually, uh, Beyond Forest, Jamie, said, oh, you've got to check out this amazing company in Traverse City, Michigan that makes absolutely incredible urns and all kinds of other stuff. So I reached out to Stardust and um, Marcy was nice enough to agree to chat with me today. Tell us, how did Stardust Memorials get started? What's your role with the company? That kind of thing. Right. So I'm a co-owner and the story starts with my co-owner who also happens to be my husband. And he's really the, the start of the whole thing. And I would say it's like a lot of business stories, it's it's a lot of different things coming together at once. So his background is e-commerce and, and supporting uh, online stores. He he does that in his other you know a hat in his other job, and at the same time his grandmother passed away, and his dad his grandmother had very specific uh, ideas that she wanted to be buried in a cigar box. And so they started with that, with the funeral home, they got this cigar box and they had her put ashes put in it. And his dad felt really uncomfortable with this. And he ended up saying, well, I'm going to go look for something else. And so he's shopping online, essentially trying to find this alternative to a cigar box while still honoring what his mother really wanted. So kind of all these forces come together, a background in e-commerce and thinking, hey, what is this, you know, as dad struggles with finding the right thing and, and what do people really want these days? Right. Um, and what's out there and what can you get through the local funeral home? But right. knowing this background of e-commerce, like, wait, there's a whole world of possibilities. Right. And then if you go and look at things, which is of course where my husband would start, you look at something like Amazon. And this, again, this is now more 10, 15 years ago. Um, Amazon didn't have any urns online. Now I have to say they do, but at the time, um, that just wasn't something that one could easily find. So kind of all these things came together for him to to start the company and see if we could we could be an online retailer of of cremationers and other memorial type products. Well, that's what I was really struck by when I looked at your website. I mean, it, it it's urns and it's clear that you have a huge piece of urns, but you also have incredible like urns for pets and um, a whole range of urn products, and then you have jewelry, and there were pages of jewelry. So I want to talk about both those things. Let's talk about the urns and the jewelry and the other pieces. I, I loved, I think your website is really easy to navigate, and I loved that at the top of every urn section, you had this very simple explanation about what it was. So, you know, you have the kind of cloisonne urns, urns and glass urns and ceramic, metal, brass, wooden that kind of thing. But then I was really struck by you had one that was called a biodegradable urn. And I was like, Ooh, what's that? So tell us, a, you know, how does a biodegradable urn come into play? Yeah. So it's actually people's notions about memorializing someone. Uh, they actually kind of go in two camps. One camp is the, I want a product that's going to last forever. Um, more like you think of the headstone and the, you know, this is something that needs to last. It needs to be made of marble with their name carved in it, right? That's the one stripe. But the other stripe are people these days who are saying, you know, I want to leave a light impact on this earth and I'm more eco-conscious and I'm I'm aware that that life is fleeting and they just have a different take on things. And so I think the biodegradable movement is really kind of a what's called the green burial movement. 
um, is one that's saying we can do this differently. We can reinvent how we memorialize someone and how we disperse of their ashes. And you don't just have to shake this out. You know, even if you decide on ashes, you don't have to just like shake them out on the ground. How about we come up with some products that look beautiful, honor the person, biodegrade with no impact on, on the planet so that you can feel good about this process as much as you can when you've lost yeah. someone. Yeah, as much as you're in the midst of grieving. How like how does that work? Like I know ashes themselves, like if you put ashes on a bush or you put ashes in the ground and then put a bush on top of it, the bush is not necessarily happy, right? Because of the chemical composition of ashes. Do the biodegradable urns compensate for that in some way? Or are they really an urn or are they something different? Okay, so you asked a lot of questions there to unpack. <laughs> um, classic problem. First of all, my take on an urn, just what is an urn is it's just essentially a vessel, right? Like it could be anything. And in the movies like to show you, you know, coffee cans if you really want to go there. Um, that's an urn, you know, it's a vessel, it's a container. It's a cigar box. Right? Cigar box. Yeah. Um at the same time, uh you know, I think some of what the biodegradable urn folks are trying to do is say, um, let's make this process easier and not like the movies where you, you know, you get ashes on yourself or you have these, you know, let's help you do what you're trying to do uh, in scattering ashes. And so then let's be eco-conscious about the whole thing, because that might be your motivation. In terms of the uh, what are ashes and its impact on on the earth? It's kind of funny. It's a little pet peeve of mine, actually. There's there's quite a lot of social media and and energy to this idea that you become a tree. You'll you'll hear this idea that people want to become a tree, but ashes. Now you might become a tree if you were buried in the ground as is. If you're ashes, ashes not to put too fine a point on it is is essentially bone material that's what it is so it's not going to benefit a tree or a shrub or anything else um it has very trace amount of chemicals and minerals in it um it's really just the idea of for me a place a memorial place so if you have a beautiful tree by it or a lilac bush then you bury these ashes next to it or near it that's a place to look to of where that that you have a place to remember that person. But um, there's definitely some folks out there that are still trying to go with this idea that people like that, that they'll be become a tree, but that's, that's right. not really. It's kind of a, um, uh, like a misrepresentation of how the process actually works with dirt yeah. and bone bits. Yeah. 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 You have to sometimes think about the science of the whole thing. Now, my favorite products, honestly, of the biodegradable products that we carry are the ones that are designed to help you scatter over water. And again, I'm here in Traverse City. We have a beautiful, beautiful lakes all around us. And a lot of people up here would love to be um, have their ashes scattered on the lake. But <laughs> anyone who's ever tried to do this without a biodegradable or just any kind of helpful product knows that scattering ashes from a boat is challenging. You know, you have rocking waves. You maybe have your grandma who's trying to scatter grandpa and she's not steady on her feet and who's holding on to her while she's trying to scatter him over the side. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a tough process, really the wind you're, you got to pay attention to the wind and where's the wind on the lakes and lakes are windy places. And right, so right. what it's I love about some of the products elegant as you picture. Yeah. 
So like the journey is one of our most popular urns and it's just sort of a paper container or that's the easiest. It's a pretty paper container. It allows you to lay that on the water. It floats a little bit. You can throw water, flower petals, which is what we always suggest. Take some, get some roses, pull apart a rose and with pretty colored flower petals, put it out there, let it float. The water takes it away, it eventually will sink, uh, it'll get it waterlogged and sink. So like, I love that product because you avoid all of these challenges of you just pouring ashes over the side. Right, now is that a product where it's like um, that the person buys the journey and then they put the ashes into it and set it afloat? Or is it something that Stardust Memorials incorporates the ashes into the paper product? No, we actually don't, we don't carry any products where we're handling your ashes. Got it. Um, yeah. So really you could have the funeral, you know, if you're working with a funeral home, the funeral home can put the ashes in that container for you. Um, you also have the fact that um, it, it actually, your ashes, most people don't know this, but your ashes are generally inside a bag. And then inside the container. So even if you bought a brass urn from a funeral home or any product from a funeral home, you, if you opened it up and looked inside, there's still a bag and in the bag are the ashes. So generally speaking, you're transferring these ashes from the bag that you were given or from you're asking the funeral directors to do it for you. And then you just place that inside this container. So what I love too about about your products, I mean, I was just amazed to see you have like twenty three thousand five star reviews. I mean, people are very pleased with your products. And a question I would have ordering an urn online is like, how am I going to know this is a nice quality? How am I going to know it feels right? But twenty three thousand five star reviews, I'd say people are happy with your products. Yes, I think we knew that was a challenge right out of the gate. I mean, I think all people that sell online really have to ponder that. But I think we have an added challenge in that people don't know these products. And that's just a challenge across the board for the company. People don't buy these regularly. This isn't like buying a pair of shoes where you say, I like Nike and I like laces or I like blue. They come to the site with absolutely zero knowledge other than a vague idea in their head of what an urn looks like. And that, that maybe is what they're looking for. Yeah. So we have this added challenge of saying, how can we depict them with photos? How can we describe them? How can we educate them a little bit of what, how do I know what size to buy? Like they come in sizes and I didn't expect that. Right. <laughs> and, right. Um, we've really thought a lot about this and trying to help, help, help people, especially under stress, be able to navigate that and say, am I buying the right thing? Is this going to do what I want it to do? Or do I want it to last or not last? Do I really want a biodegradable thing that's going to, you know, fall apart? That's the, that's the idea of it, right? Or do I want something made of marble with my name carved in it? And um, how long will that last? So what I love is you, you're, as I said, I feel like your website really lays that out. And when I hear you talk about it, it's almost like you've worked to have your website be an educational tool so yeah. that people really can learn from it and educate themselves as they're reading it. And you literally have like urns by materials, urns by size, urns by collections or styles. And I, I just think it gives people so many ways to 
integrate their thinking about it as they're thinking about both what their loved one wanted or what they want for this remains that they're holding. You know, I think sort of like raise your hand if you have ashes somewhere in your house that you've been meaning to do something with, because I think we often get stuck at that point as individuals and families. We're not quite sure what to do. And I I know you also have this idea of small urns where they could go to multiple households. I thought that was really beautiful too. So I love this idea of how do we educate ourselves while we learn about these products so we can figure out the right choice. Yep, definitely. That's definitely one of our goals with the site. And we also try to push, you know, the call us, you know, email us, don't be afraid to do that. I mean, again, I think every, you know, whether you're L.O. Bean or whoever, you're you're trying to to get people to communicate with you. But we really try again to say, hey, we're here. And we take these questions all the time and we're not thrown by anything that you can bring up. And we've probably heard this question before. So don't be afraid to just give us a call. We're not, you know, we don't have any, um, you know, we're not trying to be a funeral director or a family member or whatever. We're just there to give you the information. And so I, I think people appreciate, appreciate that service too. I think so too. And that, that customer service is probably part of your enormous customer satisfaction Tell us a little bit about the cremation jewelry, because I was very intrigued by that. And I'll just describe it for listeners. Like when I went on the website, first of all, there are pages and pages and pages. And again, it's beautifully sorted out by, are you looking for a particular image? Are you looking for a particular style? Here's a few of the popular ones. Here's a few of the unusual ones. But basically they're little tiny vials and a part of the necklace kind of screws. So you put a little bit of ashes in and then you screw the top of the necklace back on. So if you were wearing it, virtually no one could necessarily tell what it was. And yet it's this little vessel for ashes. I thought that was really remarkable. How did that get started? Actually, I, you know, all credit to, to people people's ingenuity. I believe it was a company called Madeline and we carry their products and Again, they predate us, but probably around the same time, maybe maybe 2000s is maybe when she started that. And I think she just got requests for things like lockets and, you know, people put their little photos in their lockets, but then they were like, well, isn't there some way we could put ashes in this? And she's the one who started it. And obviously other people, once you get a good idea, other people start making it too. So it's, it's really taken off. It's really quite popular. And like you say, I think we talk a lot about if you have, let's just say a little heart-shaped necklace that has some ashes in it, um, maybe you wear it for your mother's birthday, or you wear it to a family reunion, or you wear it on the day that she passed away, or maybe you wear it every day. You know, um, I think it has that ability to to remind you of the person, connect with that person, especially on you know special occasions and. Absolutely. I think it's interesting too. I was looking online about like old Victorian morning jewelry. Like they actually made these fascinating bracelets out of hair and they made, they absolutely had lockets. So this is like in the 1800s, they would put a locket with a hair or a photograph or, um, you know, some memory of the person. I, I don't think at that time they did ashes, but they certainly had this idea of morning jewelry, they called it. So it, I think it's neat that we can build on these old traditions and yet have new, you know, ways that those come through that are very modern in how people want to hold their loved one close. Yeah. I think it, uh, the, this mini urns that you talked about, we call keepsake urns are a similar phenomenon that 
you know, you just have this small memento um, that has ashes inside it. We carry another product called a, a tea light urn or a candle urn, which is one of my favorites too, that it's a small little piece. You can put ashes in it, but it has a candle. So you could light the candle in their memory um, along along with the piece. So yeah, people are always creative and inventive. <laughs> I love that. What what have you noticed about, you know, how has the after-death care world and options changed? Well, part of what's happened is that there was a point in time that the funeral industry really um, controlled this process, I guess is what I would say, this memorialization process. And so your choices of everything from caskets to to urns and what you could do with things was um there were parameters or you know within you within which people operated and made choices and of course the internet came along and that's that's affected every industry including theirs and so i think what you've seen just is that ex- almost an explosion like in our case having a that we have about a thousand products i we have some other competitors who carry more than that that product line. So the idea that instead of having a selection of, you know, a wood urn that looks like a little box and a metal urn with this design, and maybe you got to see 12 choices at the funeral home, because that's the way that they handled it. You now have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of of choices. And, you know, it's like cereal or anything else, right? We have hundreds of choices of now, even your Cheerios, you can get in, you know, five different kinds. So that's both wonderful and challenging, I think, for people, because it's wonderful that maybe you could find the perfect urn with a rose on it, because your mother loved roses, and put her name on it, and, and it's made of marble, or whatever, you you know, whatever you had in your mind, because those choices are available to you. But at the, the same time, I think it can be paralyzing to some, some families when they have to make choices to say, Oh, my gosh, I'm overwhelmed with this, I thought we would just get an urn, and we would move on to other choices. Right. And we'd be done. Right. It strikes me as, as it, it is potentially then a powerful part of pre-planning, right? If you know that you are at the end of your life, maybe it's powerful to have these conversations or choosing something, be a part of a broader family conversation. If people can find a way to be open to that, because it could be really powerful to say, I really love this one. And I can imagine it in your home or in your garden. Yeah. Yeah. I always think about that. The power of pre-planning when people are willing to face their mortality has a big impact on the stress on family and friends who have to make those decisions, sometimes with very little guidance. Yeah, it's actually pretty interesting that uh, there is definitely a percentage of our customers who are pre-selecting for themselves. They call us and say, I'm buying this product for myself so that my children don't have to go through this or make this choice or so that it's all set for them, almost in the way that people used to buy plots in the cemetery. And well, this is the this is the Lindbergh plot. This is my family. <laughs> you know, there's this the Lindbergh the plot. plot. Here's so the you don't plan. have to think about it. And it's all it's all those spots are there for you. Um, and I think we also often hear from people pre-planning because say their spouse had passed previously or a different family member, and the process was so awful for everyone involved that they're trying to set it up and, and relieve that in advance. And we, we sometimes even have, you know, husband and wives, they pick theirs out together and they order them. And you have some beautiful things that are um, companionship 
urns. Yep. You call them little, a little two piece urn that goes together. I thought that was incredibly beautiful. Yeah. Well, that it is interesting how, you know, I feel like some people think that that's overly controlling and I've actually come to see it as quite loving, right? As opposed to like, it, it isn't so much out of a place of, I have to tell you exactly where this is going to go. It's more like, let me help you with the complexity of what's going to happen after I die. Um, so yeah. people, different people have different um, attitudes about it, but I think it's really a loving thing to help make that choice. As someone who's gone through a loss myself, you know, at, my father passed away, he didn't leave any instructions of any kind. And I think that when you're in that situation, you're sort of always second guessing yourself, should, is this what he would have wanted? And should I have picked this? And, you know, is this the poem I should have shared? Would he have liked that? You know, you second guess yourself. So I guess what I say, I'd say to people like that is, it's actually nice to know, even maybe if they don't have to buy it necessarily, but even say, this is one that I liked. So you have some something to go on to say they liked this poem or they like this urn or they, um, you know, want something that's outside or they want to be on the lake, you know, any instructions at all, I would just say, I think is, is helpful to those that need to, to plan a service or handle, make arrangements. What, what would they have wanted? Yeah, absolutely. What do you wish people knew about what offerings existed? As you said, it used to be go to the funeral home and have 12 things to choose from. Now there's so much more. What, what is helpful for people to know? I guess the variety, one thing is the variety, as you mentioned, that there is such a, a variety these days and we probably can, uh, you probably can find something that really is unique to you and expresses your personality and your wishes more than you might think that if you like butterflies or if you like the beach or your favorite color is purple, there's probably a, an urn that can capture some of, some of those um, parts of your personality. I think that people like that, you know, they like, just like you like picking out your clothes or your, your pillows in your house or something. Um, it's, it's kind of cool that the personalization aspect is, is there and available and can be comforting, I guess is what I would say. The other piece is just that, again, the knowledge piece. Uh, I would love it if people kind of got over the gut level that this is a taboo topic still. You know, I know that's partly what your podcast is about is trying to help people overcome that uh, we can't talk about these death things and life things and um, just go take a look, you know, look at some products just to get a feel for what's out there so that when you are in the tough spot of having to make choices, um, it's not quite as overwhelming to people. I would just encourage them like, go look at some urns, what the heck, and talk to some people, talk to people who've made their choices. And, um, and, and I guess the third thing was the one that you brought up of the ashes sort of on the shelf. We've, you know, this is just an interesting, you know, COVID phenomenon story, but during the pandemic, when people got the the money from from the government and had more funds available, we started we had an uptick in purchases like a lot of online. And the strange thing we kept seeing was these odd dates. So instead of the date saying 2020 or 2019, they were saying things like 2001 or 1997 or <laughs> those were the the death dates on some of these purchases. And we realized that what was happening was that people finally had the money 
to um, take that thing off the shelf and do what they always meant to do, which was pick out an urn and get it engraved and and deal with the their loved one properly. And they finally had the ability to do it. And I just would encourage people to to do that, that it's like a weight on your shoulders when that's just sitting on the shelf and you're not dealing with it. And I think everyone that we talked to during that time who had, had used the money for that just felt relieved. And yeah, there's a sense of, there's a sense of completion, you know, mm -hmm. that I think the box on the shelf or on the floor of the office, just, it isn't quite what you meant to, for, for me, I'll speak very personally. It isn't quite what we've meant to do with right. ashes. And um, so there is this kind of nagging thing like, oh, we should, we should, and what would it be? And I, I wonder too, also in the pandemic, people also had the time they were staying home and cleaning out closets, right? Everybody right. Was, Let me figure out what's in my closet and make some space. And so that's so interesting that you saw a big uptick and they were these older dates. Well, thank you so much, Marcy. I just think this is really informative thinking about um, what choices we have, what variety is out there. I, I love your idea of like knowledge, you know, just gain some knowledge, get some curiosity. It, it, it can feel taboo until we step towards it. And then it can actually be really an interesting thing to learn about. So yeah, I appreciate sure. your time, Marcy. And um, you can learn more about Stardust Memorials at stardust-memorials with an S.com. How did you get the name Stardust Memorials? Uh, that goes back to my husband again, too. He's going to have to get the credit. I don't know. He he likes the cosmos. He likes astronomy and things like that. And that idea that we're all stardust, I think, is where that came from. Beautiful. I love it. Well, you can find out more about Stardust Memorials and you can find out more about the work I do at bestlifebestdeath.com. Thanks again, Marcy, for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mm -hmm.